You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Another week of a long NBA offseason has come and gone, and we have lots to talk about here on the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Locked on Kings. This is your hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all offseason and regular season long. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, uh, full breakdowns of everything going on this offseason, both Sacramento Kings-specific and NBA-specific, this is the absolute place for you. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host. I'm from Sports 1140 KHDK. That's the flagship radio station of the Sacramento Kings. I work there as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist and reporter. A couple notes, things I got to get out of the way. A little bit of a peek behind the curtain for uh, the loyal listeners out there. So many of you uh, have been through an NBA offseason with me before and with the Locked On Podcast Network before, but I know uh, a lot of you are new listeners based off of everything that happened this offseason with uh, the Kings draft and then free agency. The numbers are still skyrocketing and I'm so appreciative of that. However, we are entering what we call here in in sports media, the dreary months of summertime. And what that means is uh, really from the MLB all-star game to really the hall of fame game. But I honestly say until week one of the NFL season, it's the the dreariest months of sports where just not too much happens. And you can put those as the worst months basically of the NBA offseason. So how we counter that here on the Locked On Podcast Network is we drop down uh, to sometimes three shows a week, but most of the time we'll be doing two shows a week. Now, what days those will be on uh, is is really up to me and up to uh, topics and, and breaking news and things like that. I typically try to avoid what I did this week, which is doing a podcast on Monday and doing a podcast on Friday. I don't like having that three-day gap in between. And I know many of you reached out to me via email, social media, wondering what was going on. It was also a busy week for me with my uh, duties at KHDK. Also a big uh, week for me and my uh, my family and my wife starting a brand new coaching gig uh, at William Jessup University in Rockland, California as a softball coach. So it was just, it was a very, very busy and, and kind of chaotic week for me. So I apologize having so much time in between today's, or, or yeah, today's episode uh, and Monday's episode. But wanted to get that out of the way for you again. We're going to be dialing it back a little bit. That's not to say that we're not going to have good content, though. I have good interviews and things in the works uh, to get us through these long months, uh, the worst months of the offseason, all the way to training camp uh, and the tip-off of the 2019-2020 season. Next week, going to have a guest from Atlanta, and he's going to tell you a little bit more about what the Kings acquired in center Dwayne Dedman, and he was one of four uh, free agents that the Kings introduced to the media in Las Vegas uh, earlier this week. And uh, I unfortunately am not in Las Vegas. I was not able to attend uh, that press conference. I'm not in Las Vegas at all and did not attend at all for Summer League this year because of my duties at KHDK. Uh, So I was not there. I was not able to get the audio and bring it here uh, to Locked on Kings for you. Uh, Normally I will air any uh, and and record and and release any press conferences for the Kings, major press conferences that take place, but I wasn't able to get that one. Uh, I apologize about that, but I encourage you to go and check it out. Uh, The Kings have been taking part in some uh, Summer League games, although 
these summer league games are a little less interesting and, and a lot less to watch uh, than in years past based off the fact that the Kings don't have a, a first-round pick. But also, we got a good um, good look at this team during the California Classic, which was fantastic. And I put more stock really into the California Classic and what takes place there than what happens in Vegas. Uh, a lot of that is because I was here in Sacramento and not in Vegas itself. Uh, but I will talk about the Kings' loss yesterday to the Los Angeles Clippers. And then if, if you've missed the news about Russell Westbrook getting traded to the Houston Rockets. Man, the NBA is just wild and crazy. This happened last night, yesterday evening, so I'll talk about that a little bit as well. But before we get into all of that, a couple days ago, Kings rookie in the 40th overall pick in the draft. He was the Kings' first pick uh, in the draft, and number, like I said, number 40 overall, which is number 10 in the second round, Justin James. The Kings have signed him to a three-year, $4.2 million deal. Justin James, uh, that third year of that contract is partially guaranteed, which is pretty standard uh, for the Sacramento Kings. You should be a little bit used to that now with the partial guarantees that the Kings throw in uh, in that third year. And Justin James wasn't too impressive for me personally uh, during the California Classic, has played better uh, in spurts during Las Vegas Summer League. And really, the the story behind this contract, the reason why it's not a two-way deal like what Kyle Guy got. Personally, I feel like Kyle Guy has played better overall uh, than Justin James has uh, during this um, during this Summer League period. Uh, Justin James was signed to a three-year deal as, for the most part, a developmental project. And when the Sacramento Kings brought him in and drafted him at number 40, it surprised a lot of people, especially with some of the talent uh, still available at that spot. Um, but Justin James was a guy that was high on their draft board. They wanted to scoop up a raw scoring prospect. Doesn't have that great uh, of a three-point shot, but also has some good intangibles on the defensive end of the floor. And the Kings, by giving him this contract, are ex- essentially committing to two years of hardcore development with him. The fact that it's not a two-way contract means he can spend the entire season uh, with the main roster if necessary. He's going to get a lot of work during practices, a lot of work during training camps. Uh, And then in terms of playing time, he probably won't find his way into the rotation at the start of next season or maybe at all uh, next season, but he'll have the ability to go down to Stockton, play some games in Stockton, very similar to like what Harry Giles has done, Scalabissier has done in the past. Uh, so it's it's really a, a two-year development commitment, and if by the end of the second year they think, okay, maybe we have something as a 15-minute, 20 minutes uh, per game roll off of the bench, then we'll guarantee the final year of his contract. But in reality, it's a low-cost uh, potentially high uh, high reward situation uh, with developing their rookie second round pick only cost them 4.2 million uh, over three years again with only a partial guarantee uh, on that third year so a good deal uh, overall and it'll be interesting and fun to follow uh, Justin James and uh, his development over the next three years but uh, like I mentioned Justin James hasn't nearly been the most uh, exciting or Uh, eye-popping Kings rookie or Kings player during this summer league period. Those two would be Kyle Guy, like I mentioned, who was signed to a two-way contract last week, uh, and Wenyan Gabriel. And those two, the things they both have in common is they are both still under two-way contracts. Wenyan Gabriel signed a two-way contract with the Kings last season. That was a two-year deal, uh, and that's the same deal that Kyle Guy uh, signed this year. So Wenyan Gabriel is entering his second year of a two-way contract. However, the development that he has shown from this time last year to currently today is pretty significant. Now, again, he's taking on summer league competition, so he's not taking on the best of the best in the NBA uh, by any means. 
but he has grown significantly as a stretch four and has even shown skill sets uh, that are consistent with a a, a wing player, defensive-minded uh, wing player, particularly when Ian Gabriel's outside shot has really emerged and is something that has a lot of fans excited, and rightfully so. Uh, he is 8 of 16 from three-point range in the Las Vegas Summer League. That's 50%. He's 11 of 26 for all of summer, including the California Classic. That's 42% from three-point range. He's been aggressive attacking the basket. He's been blocking shots, had a great block early on, really in the opening seconds uh, of the game last night against the Los Angeles Clippers. And once again, he was the Kings' leading scorer last night uh, against the Clippers. He finished... Uh, with 18 points, and he just looks uh, polished, he looks relaxed, he looks smooth, and he he is the epitome. What we're seeing from him, the confidence that he's playing with right now, is the epitome of what the NBA G League can do for young players, right? He spent his entire year last year in Stockton and had some growing pains at times, started out the season a little bit slow. I actually had a conversation with Morgan Reagan, who's the color commentator of the Stockton Kings, uh, about winning Gabriel in detail. And She wasn't very impressed by him early on in the year, but she said that he developed more, got more and more comfortable, got that confidence up, and we know how important confidence is to the success of a player. And you can tell he's brought that confidence into Summer League where he's saying, yeah, I'm playing some rookie first-round picks right now, and I may be playing some former first-rounders and guys that are uh, looking for a training camp invite, uh, training camp invite. but I've just spent the last year in Stockton playing against, for the most part, similar caliber players, and I understand what I can do and be effective against them. We've also seen that the work that he's put in from the three-point range just as a scorer overall. His movement off the ball, I think, has gotten significantly better, putting himself in the right positions, taking shots that are available to him. I've just been very impressed with his aggressiveness, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the Kings uh, ended up signing him to a, a full deal uh, and uh, making him uh, really the final piece of that roster spot. Now, uh, I mentioned the Kings had a press conference uh, earlier on in the week, and four out of the five free agents that they signed uh, attended. It was Dwayne Dedman, uh, it was Corey Joseph, Trevor Ariza, and of course Harrison Barnes. Uh, Their final signing, Rashawn Holmes, hasn't yet officially been signed. People have been asking me why. I'll explain a little bit more here at the end of the podcast. But let me know what you think about Wenyan Gabriel and Justin James currently. Would you want to give Gabriel that final roster spot? Do you like Justin James getting that developmental deal? And and what are you hoping to see uh, from Justin James and his development? Now, it's okay not to know very much about him. Um, Vlade and his scouting staff seem to know a lot more and have a lot more confidence than maybe you or I or many scouts that approached uh, the NBA draft. So I'd like to give them an opportunity to develop talent. We know they've been effective developing young talent over the past couple of years. So I'm interested to see where that goes. Let me know. You can reach me on Twitter anytime at MattGeorgeKHDK. You can also email me, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Well, this wild NBA offseason just keeps on rolling on. In reality, offseason-wise, we've been relatively spoiled. I mean, we got the NBA... Uh, well, actually, the offseason began for the Kings with uh, the the firing of Dave Yeager and the uh, hiring of Luke Walton, which is, wasn't necessarily a, a fun or exciting move or, or something that uh, it got everybody excited and fired up here in Sacramento, but at least it gave us something to talk about, content. It gave us something right out of the gate. Also, Vladi Divac was, uh, had his contract extended. So the Kings offseason got off to a red-hot start right there. Then we had the NBA playoffs take us all the way up to a week before the draft through the draft lottery. And we had 
Uh, the NBA draft take place, free agency right after that. And now, like I mentioned in the introduction of this podcast, we're getting into the dog days of summer. So we've been spoiled up to this point. And what I think took place yesterday, the Russell Westbrook trade, uh, he is now headed to the Houston Rockets for a bunch of picks and Chris Paul, who are heading to OKC. Um, That might be the final major explosion or bombshell of this offseason. Now, of course, more trades can happen. There's still some free agent signings to be had, um, but... That feels like the 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 cherry on top of what has been a wild and exciting offseason thus far, which means uh, now the coming months are going to be a little bit of a trial and, and pretty quiet for the NBA. But they've enjoyed uh, their time on top of the mountain here over the last couple of weeks. And how potentially ended with this Russell Westbrook trade is a good way uh, to wrap things up and is just the epitome of of what this summer has been and what this this NBA league is right now. And, and I, I told you earlier this week, I have not been this excited for the start of a, an NBA season in a long, long time. And this Russell Westbrook trade that took place yesterday just made me more and more excited. And the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, we talked about on Monday's episode, the, them trading Paul George and the Hall of Assets that they got uh, from the Los Angeles Clippers, multiple picks, also Shea Gilders Alexander in order to get that deal done. And I was a, a big fan of it. I, I had a lot of um, good things to say for both sides. I loved the pickup of Paul George in order to get Kawhi Leonard uh, in L.A. And I loved what OKC did. Uh, to get all those assets. And I said during that podcast that I think OKC would very much benefit uh, from trying to shop Russell Westbrook and get even more draft assets for him and maybe even a good player uh, or two. And that's what they got. Chris Paul, the major piece coming back to Oklahoma City, is not expected to be with the Thunder uh, very, very long. His contract is pretty significant. Plus, I doubt he wants to take or uh, be a part of that OKC team that's clearly just now uh, starting a rebuild, plus he would block Shea Gilders-Alexander's minutes, and I'm sure they look to him more as part of their future uh, than they do Chris Paul. We've heard connections between Chris Paul and the Miami Heat, which I think would be fantastic. Uh, We know both teams were looking for a third team to try and facilitate the trade. They didn't end up working anything out, so that fell through, but I expect the Oklahoma City Thunder are not done. They will be trying to uh, shop Chris Paul in some way, shape, or form if they can, and maybe get another good young player or even more draft assets, but I give so much credit to Sam Presti, the general manager of the Oklahoma City Thunder. It is very, very difficult, very difficult to get peak value or close to peak value when you're trading superstars. It almost never happens. You almost never see a superstar for superstar straight swap. And I suppose you could say that Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook is relatively close, except Russell Westbrook is still Um, really on the back end of his prime, but still in his prime. And we know how old Chris Paul is. And Chris Paul is is probably entering his last uh, few years in the NBA. Um, But it is extremely difficult to get peak uh, value for stars. And we know that well here in Sacramento, right? When the Kings traded DeMarcus Cousins, they got a couple draft picks and Buddy Heald for him. Fans at the time and everybody else in the NBA at the time was thinking, man, the Kings got absolutely fleeced. There's no way they got peak value for an all-star center into Marcus Cousins. Of course, we know how it played out, um, but that's uh, that's that's hindsight, and that's uh, not really related here. Um, but it's very difficult, very difficult to to get 
equal value or close to peak value uh, for them. And I think Sam Presti absolutely has in both of these trades. Listen to this. This is the Oklahoma City Thunder draft pick situation over the next few years. Just first round draft picks, not even second round picks. Oklahoma City owns in 2020, which is next year, they own a first round draft pick via Denver. They also own uh, their own picks. Um, this list is all of their their picks in pick swaps that they've acquired through trades. These aren't their own picks. They have their own picks as well here. So 2020 first round draft pick via Denver, the Nuggets. 2021 first rounder via the Miami Heat. Also a 2021 pick swap with the Houston Rockets. In 2022, they have a first rounder via LA. In 2023, they have a pick swap with LA. In 2023, they have a first rounder via Miami. In 2024, they have a first rounder via LA. In 2024, they have a first rounder via Houston. In 2025, they have a first round swap with LA. In 2025, they also have a swap with Houston. And in 2026, they have a first rounder via LA and a first rounder via Houston. In every draft for the next three years or four years, I'm sorry, four years, six years, the next six drafts for the Oklahoma City Thunder, they will have multiple first round picks, at least as of right now. And they could be adding to that with a coming Chris Paul trade. They also, of course, could trade draft picks to try and uh, make some moves in the future. So they have a lot of assets to move uh, and they have a lot of opportunity through the draft alone over the next five years, six years, to build a team from scratch and try and get back uh, to where they were a couple of years ago, which was right on the cusp of winning an NBA championship. The reality was, even with Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Steven Adams, even with this roster being relatively the same and the Golden State Warriors um, falling from the first seed, maybe down to the low seeds or even out of the playoffs right now with the injuries that they're dealing with, Oklahoma City Thunder weren't winning a championship. There are still so many teams in both the West and the East ahead of them. And Presti recognized it and took advantage of trading two stars for peak value right now. He absolutely, he didn't necessarily fleece the Clippers because the Clippers still got Paul George out of it. But the Clippers were desperate to acquire Paul George because it meant them either getting or losing Kawhi Leonard. And the Thunder took advantage of that to get as many draft picks as they could. Russell Westbrook trading him to the Houston Rockets. We know the Rockets were looking for a solution to their Chris Paul, James Harden feud that was going on. Oklahoma City offered an out for that, but in order for the Rockets to get that out, they'd have to give up significant draft compensation. I think what Sam Presti and the Oklahoma City Thunder have done here is phenomenal. And like I said on Monday, this just even more solidifies the fact that OKC is going to be one of the eight teams in the playoffs last year that are going to be falling out. I essentially have already taken the Oklahoma City Thunder out of the conversation and replaced them with the Los Angeles Lakers. So that means where is that final playoff spot? I mentioned I believe it's going to be San Antonio. Uh, The Kings taking that spot from the San Antonio Spurs, the eighth seed, uh, come next season. But I got a lot of great response from you. Many of you agree with me. Uh, With the San Antonio Spurs, a couple of you are not nearly as high uh, on the Portland Trail Blazers as I am. You think potentially Portland uh, could fall out of it. A a couple of you said Utah, which I really don't agree with. Their defense alone, they're going to be a juggernaut. Uh, And We know defense wins championships. That's both an NBA cliche and just truth, a fact. 
Uh, so I believe they are going to be uh, permanently cemented in there. Some of you agreed with Howard Beck and thought that the Golden State Warriors uh, might fall out of it. So thank you to, uh, for your responses to that. And if you want to jump in on that conversation, you can. I'm at GeorgeKHDK or mgeorgesacklocalmedia.com. Let me know what teams you think are falling out of the Western Conference playoffs that were in last year and where you think the Kings will end up at the end of all this. Right now, parity in the NBA hasn't been this good in a long, long time. And so many teams have smelled blood in the water with the the Warriors uh, falling apart a little bit and the injury issues that they're dealing with, Kevin Durant leaving. A lot of teams recognize that the top spot in the West and a potentially a championship is up for grabs. And so many teams have been kind of slowly waiting in the wings, acquiring talent, developing young talent, like the Kings, for example, waiting for this day to come. And now they're really trying to jump on it, which uh, has resulted in this wild offseason that we've gotten and which will hopefully result in a very competitive, fun, and exciting uh, 2019-2020 NBA season. I could not be more excited. So like I mentioned earlier, I've been receiving a lot of questions about Rashawn Holmes and why he was not part of the um, Kings press conference in Las Vegas earlier this week. And what I've been told... Uh, is that Rashawn Holmes is still in agreement with the Sacramento Kings to sign his contract. However, there are some exceptions involved uh, in the um, in the contract signing, trade uh, or free agency signing exceptions and mid-level exceptions uh, and things like that. Uh, basically, are are ways that players uh, or teams can bring players in, and uh, certain money that goes into their cap space is forgiven or excluded, for lack of a better term. Um, so they're looking to use a few exceptions. Uh, with Rashawn Holmes and also his contract uh, being the the low contract that it is or kind of the safe contract uh, that it is. The Kings are potentially keeping that money open just in case something happens and something becomes available uh, in free agency. But that's very, very unlikely. The Kings and Rashawn Holmes have come to an agreement. So a deal will most likely be signed here in the coming weeks, but that is why he was not at the press conference. There's no issue from what I've heard, uh, no disagreement between both parties. That is just the situation. So the four uh, free agents that were at the press conference have officially been signed, uh, and Rashawn Holmes is signing, uh, and him signing the dotted line, I'm sure, is coming in the very, very near future. If you have not checked out uh, the press conference earlier this week and, and heard from the, uh, the four free agency signees that the Kings have grabbed, definitely go and check that out. Give it a listen. I think you will really enjoy it and uh, enjoy hearing what they have to say. And then, like I mentioned earlier, next week on the Locked on Kings podcast, I have a guest from Atlanta joining me, uh, and we're going to discuss in detail Dwayne Dedman, uh, who, just who he is as a player, who he is as a person, uh, what he brings to Sacramento, both on and off the floor, and, and how effective at least from the Atlanta Hawks perspective, how effective Dwayne Dedman can be in this Kings system with this Kings lineup. So definitely look forward to that. Plus more content coming next week and in the future weeks. I hope you will join me uh, for that. If you want to get involved in any kind of Kings conversation or offseason conversation at all, feel free to reach out at any time. And if you could uh, take the opportunity to leave a review of this podcast wherever you listen to it, whether it's Spotify, Himalaya, iTunes, Google Podcasts, if there's a place to leave a review and, and some feedback, uh, please do. That helps us out a lot. helps us grow as a podcast uh, and as a podcast network. It uh, helps me grow as a podcast host. So please take advantage of that. 
um, and let your voice be heard there if you uh, feel so inclined and have the time. Until next week, have yourself a fantastic and safe weekend. Uh, I will talk to you very, very soon. My name is Matt George. This has been the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.